Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Friday's Radio. I am Letitia Wong. This is Pro-Life Fridays Radio. I'm on the air today with my co-host, Thomas Smith. How are you doing, Thomas? I'm good. All right. Hey, we're changing it up. It is Christmas time, so we are jamming the Christmas Mannheim steamroller. And this is from 2012, so, you know, music may not be current, but it is. Very current to me. <laughs> I like it. Trying to have a Merry Christmas. And I'm excited because the 12 days start tomorrow. Yeah, 12 must days be of nice. Christmas. Must be nice. Right. So I want to welcome everybody to the broadcast today. We have a fabulous, fabulous discussion planned today. Uh, about a lot of things that have been going on. One of the major, major things that's going on um, we're going to get to is what happened in Michigan yesterday. And I'm so excited to talk about that. And uh, following that has been a is it, been an, it has been a nail-biter, but it has also been an interesting, a very interesting, it's kind of like I feel like I'm, I'm – I, Looking at it from the outside, I feel like I'm watching what happens, what goes on in the zoo. You find out how everybody in the zoo or every, all the animals in the zoo behave um, when they're trying to take care of something internal. So watching this happen in Michigan is, is kind of like a microcosm of what's happening all across the country. But we are going to get to that in just a minute. And then later on we have uh, an incredible heart-rending story, heart-rending story about a mom that took her son for a very routine procedure and something, something very horrible went wrong and it is so 
tragic. We are going to shine a light on what happened and kind of what the ramifications are because it doesn't just stop with just what happened. So Thomas, do you have our scripture for us today? Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, I record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed might live. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for another episode of Pro-Life Fridays, Lord God. And we pray that the message in the stories and the information that goes forth today, Lord God, will serve as a tool for people everywhere to make informed decisions about what they do with the life issue. We give you glory, honor, and praise in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, um, we have been talking about this show for a couple of weeks now, and what we have planned today is pretty serious stuff. I mean, what what we're going to talk about first is uh, the major headline that went on uh, in Michigan on the legislative level. And then we have a really heavy story uh, about a mom that has suffered a huge loss um, in what was supposed to be a very routine procedure. But right now, I have kudos to the state of Michigan today. If you have not heard, the State House and Senate passed the Abortion Insurance Opt-Out Act by a veto-proof majority, veto-proof majorities in both houses. Um, In a nutshell, this act would allow the health insurance, uh, I'm sorry, this act would allow the health insurance that Michiganites, is that right, Michiganites? You know which one it is? Michiganers. Michiganers. Yeah, something like that. Michiganers. Michiganers? Yeah. Michiganers to purchase. Okay, that Michiganers, health insurance that they were to purchase to be free from mandatory abortion coverage across the board. Now, you'd think people would be jumping up for joy about this, and most sensible people are. So to bring people up to speed, this was a, a bill, a similar bill was vetoed by the unfortunately Republican governor last year. Now, I'm not going to get into uh, all the reasons why he vetoed the bill last year. We're going to focus on this one because he's a separate issue. I'm going to focus on it passing and the reactions that people have had to this bill because it's very instructive because this is a sign of things to come, if you will. If other states, and other states have, but if more states start passing laws that free abortion coverage from having to cover abortion as part of its standard policy. Um, So right now, under the Unaffordable Lack of Care and Patient Victimization Act, Uh, also known by its complete opposite name, many, if not almost all, health insurance plans 
starting in 2014, would cover elective abortion. The human, woman, or child. Now that alone makes me question uh, why we, what is the nature of this inclusion, which is mandated by law? Like, why do, why do men need to have abortion uh, coverage in their insurance plans? I don't know. But why do men need to have contraception coverage in their, free contraception in their insurance either? I don't know. And, uh, well, you wouldn't know it um, unless you asked after you already bought the plan. And that, that's part of the, uh, the issue with Obamacare. And the unaffordable lack of care, I mean, <laughs> of course, because I can't say Obamacare anymore because it's racist. Uh, after you already bought the plan. The key is you're supposed to buy a plan, and you're not supposed to know about what it covers in terms of abortion until you've already signed on the dotted line. I don't know any policies up till today that has ever had this non-disclosure until after you purchase it. Right. If that's what we have. That's what we have. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get until you buy it. Just like we didn't know what was going to be in it until we passed the bill. <laughs> right. I think I detect a really menacing theme here. But anyway, um, so Anyway, Michigan's law now puts abortion coverage in a separate category for elective coverage, which makes sense. If you want to buy abortion insurance, which means you want your insurance to cover the cost of an abortion, now I don't, you know, that's that's a whole that's a whole topic in and of itself. We may have that discussion. But if you want to buy abortion insurance, then you may buy abortion insurance. Right. But more importantly, if, if you don't want it, then you don't have to buy it. Right. So in my view, this opt-out act is as pro-choice as you can get because it allows you to choose. Right. But but are the pro-abortion forces happy with this law? No. Of course not. Of course not. So this, here's what one columnist who is decidedly against the Opt-Out Act has to say about it. And do note the language that she uses because it's very telling. first thing she says is it's titled, Michigan Rape Insurance Bill Passes Into Law. We'll get back and talk about that in a minute. She, goes, she writes and says, Michigan lawmakers passed a controversial measure on Wednesday. I'm sorry, I said it was yesterday. No, it was Wednesday, two days ago, that will ban all insurance plans in that state from covering abortion. Now, pay attention. It will ban all insurance plans in the state from covering abortion unless the woman's life is in danger. Hang on to that. Hang on to that. The law, which takes effect in March, will force women and employers to purchase a separate abortion rider 
if they would like the procedure covered, even in cases of rape and incest. Supporters of the Abortion Insurance Opt-Out Act argue that it allows people who are opposed to abortion to avoid paying into a plan that covers it. Opponents have nicknamed it the Rape Insurance Initiative because it would force some women to anticipate the possibility of being raped by purchasing the extra abortion insurance ahead of time. This tells women who were raped that they should have thought ahead and planned for it, said Senate Minority Leader Gretchen Whitmer, Democrat from East Lansing, Michigan, during debate. Make no mistake. This is anything but a citizen's initiative. It's a special interest group's perverted dream come true. Okay, let me let me pause right there and make a make it very clear. It was a citizen's initiative. It was it was a referendum that was put on the ballot by gathering enough signatures to put it on the ballot. I'm sorry, this is how democracy works, isn't it? Isn't this what left-wing... Yeah, isn't this what left-wing liberals love to defend when they're trying to push their their tax increases for things that nobody needs or wants? (laughs) Right. They gather enough signatures and they get it on the ballot. This is legitimate lawmaking procedure. So, but when, when... a group of citizens decides to put something on the ballot that they don't like, suddenly it's a special interest group. Perverted dream come true. Picky, choosy much? All right. Um, We talked about the the similar measure being, uh, the article goes on to talk about a similar measure being defeated last year because of a veto. And then Michigan Right to Life went on to collect the necessary 300,000 voter signatures to put it on the ballot. And it passed. And then it passed by both chambers of, of, their, of, of their legislature in a veto-proof majority. Okay. Now it says more than, it goes on to say more than 80% of private insurance plans currently cover abortion, the New York Times reported citing research organization, the Guttmacher Institute. Hang on to that one, too. Eight states have passed similar laws banning the insurance coverage of abortion, according to the Guttmacher Institute, but only two of them have actually made the abortion rider available to women. Several Democratic women lawmakers became emotional during debates on Wednesday as they told personal stories of miscarriage and abortion and state Representative uh, David Nizek blasted the measure as, a, as misogynistic. This body made up of 80% men will make a decision that will impact 100% of women, he said. Um, I, I don't even know where to start <laughs> with the complete misdirection and the complete and utter uh, sideswiping of the truth in this. Okay, so, okay, okay. So there are so many ways this goes wrong. Uh, And let me start somewhere. First of all, the article is titled Rape Insurance. You know, Rape Insurance. Uh, 
as we will hear our friend on the friend of the show, Rebecca Kiesling, say in a video in just a little bit, it is not rape insurance. Those of you who decry the the racist nature of Obamacare, the name Obamacare, need to pay attention because it is not called rape insurance. It's called abortion insurance. Opt out act. So please, if you're going to make a deal about nicknames, be consistent. So, and on top of that, this is there is nowhere, sideways or upside down, that the Opt Out Act can be called rape insurance, unless pro-abortion forces are out to snow you through manipulation. It is abortion insurance, not rape insurance. And to show you what I mean, just about every health insurance policy in existence covers emergency room visits. Yes, if a woman is raped, she goes to the emergency room. It covers her examination and a rape kit. So, ladies, if you have health insurance, insurance, you have rape insurance already. America, these pro-abortion Democrats, to show you how stupid they think you are, are deliberately trying to mislead you and think that we won't notice. Do I have to go through Insurance 101? Back to basics. Insurance is for the unexpected. No one ever gets to get no one ever expects to get in a car accident or come down with a serious illness that requires you to use your insurance. But we purchase it anyway for the just in case. And neither should you expect, as though you are a woman, sometimes a man, to get raped. But as I've already pointed out, you don't have to worry about the cost of your health care if you should get raped. The only thing your insurance policy, if you live in the state of Michigan and these other eight, these other seven states, is that your insurance policy won't cover the cost of obtaining an abortion, regardless whether you have been raped or not. Right. So see this important distinction and know that these pro-abortion leftists, columnists, and Democrats in office alike are skewing the language deliberately, and they're doing what liberals do all the time. They try to tug at your heartstrings. They try to wave the little little poor sob story in front of you, hoping that you don't get that they're completely misdirecting you. So let me, let me go back to the article and say, uh, go back to the parts I said to hang on to, that the, the Opt-Out Act will ban all insurance, acts in the, act, blah, insurance plans in the state from covering abortion unless the woman's life is in danger. This is an important exception. Lawmakers, Democrat lawmakers want to make all the Republicans who voted for this into uh, these mean, hate, misogynistic women-hating mongers. I don't know. Where in this is, the, where in this is not the, the, the reasonable thing? There is an exception for the woman's life. This exception is almost never a reality anywhere, but it's in there. It is in the bill. So all complaining must cease because anything above a woman's life 
now you're arguing for a special interest. You're not arguing for a woman's life anymore. You're arguing for a special interest. Okay, so then the, he, she quotes Senate Minority Leader Gretchen Whitmer saying that this tells women who were raped that they, would have, they should have thought ahead and planned for it. Uh, I mean, okay, no jobs, no jobs, no jobs. Again, no one ever plans to be raped. Nobody's telling any woman to expect to be raped. And you know what rape insurance really is? Two nine millimeters in the, in the head. That's what I think. All right. So she says, she says, um, Ellen, okay, that's all she said. We went through the other part. Governor Rick Snyder, who had vetoed it before, had said it. he didn't believe it was appropriate to tell a woman who becomes pregnant due to race that she needed to select elective insurance coverage. Well, no. This is not about women who have been raped. Like I said, raped women have abortion, who, who have abortions, who, need, who say they need abortions, can still get them. They just won't have it paid for by a third party. Is there a problem with that? I don't think so. Up till now, women who have been raped and go to obtain abortions don't have abortion coverage for that. Their insurance already doesn't cover it. Probably. So these, so all the politicians involved are acting as if uh, keeping, maintaining the status quo is actually going to change something significant. It hasn't. Enough at the best, nothing changes. Okay, so it says more than 80% of private insurance plans currently cover abortions, New York Times reported, citing research organization Guttmacher Institute. Now, if you don't understand, if you understand, Guttmacher is no friend of the pro-life movement. It is a, used to be the research arm of Planned Parenthood. Well, Still is. if what they said, what? Still is. It still is, you're right. I guess yep. Unofficially, it still is. Yep. Uh, more than 80% of private insurance plans currently cover abortions. If Guttmacher is right about that, What this does, this law does in the state of Michigan, dun -da -da -da, it will lower the cost of everyone's insurance by taking off the coverage for abortion. So if you happen to be an 80-year-old man, you will not have to pay for abortion coverage in your health care plan. Tell me where that's not right. Just tell me. An 80-year-old man should not have to pay for abortion coverage in his health care plan any more than he should have to pay for a Plan B drug or an IUD or a hysterectomy or a breast pump or maternity leave for himself. I think this is good that 80-year-old men 
70-year-old men, 60-year-old men, actually, if you have an X and a Y chromosome, I think you should not have to pay for abortion coverage in your health insurance. I'm sorry, am I, am I making too much sense for myself? Am I, is, this, is this too sensible? Nope, you're right on, you're right on. Several Democratic women lawmakers became emotional during debates on Wednesday as they told stories, personal stories of miscarriage and abortion. Okay, so, okay, trot out the story and try to obfuscate what's really going on. Oh, I have a tearful story. I was raped. Very sorry for you. Hope you heal. And uh, I had a miscarriage. How does that have anything to do with this opt-out act? Nothing, but I'm going to tell my sob story anyway. What's my story about abortion? You know, they told a story about abortion. I'm sorry you felt that you had to have an abortion. Why does that have, what does that have anything to do with the Opt-Out Act? Nothing. But I'm going to cry. We're going to trot out a bunch of women who are going to cry on camera and cry in front of a, in a, in front of a body, of a legislative body, in hopes that their tears and their weeping will make you forget about what's actually going on. I'm breaking up. Yeah, you're just breaking up a little bit. Oh, is that better? <laughs> yes. I, I'm sitting close. I'm, I have to sit away from my computer, for, uh, apparently. Okay, and so, so the last thing that one state rep said is this body is made up of 80% men that will make a decision that will impact 100% of women. Uh, how many women how many women are going to become raped and want to obtain abortions? What is that percentage? Even the pro-abortion Guttmacher Institute says that number is minuscule, 1% at the most. Right. So it is an absolute lie that this act, the opt-out act, will impact 100% of women. If we're talking strictly by the numbers, it will only impact 1% of women. So, I mean, right. this is it's straight, up, it's straight up obfuscation. I mean, if you want to hear Democrats go on parade and bang those little drums and cry their little eyes out and make sure that you don't understand what's really going on, you listen to their story. Just listen to them. They will never, ever tell you about what's really going on. Right. And now you had something that you wanted to point out about uh, the 1% and the minority and, with the insurance. That we t- when we talked about this earlier. Oh, you mean you mean the um, point about a point about rape? Well, right. You want you wanted to say something about that? Well, yeah, I did. If you all remember how they how they eviscerated, if you will. Congressman Aiken, Congressman Richard Murdoch, and many others 
for making comments about about women in rape. Well, basically what the left just said about this whole thing is that they equated the abortion opt-out bill to rape insurance. In other words, okay, women are going to be forced to buy insurance for rape as if basically what they're saying is um, because because the women are not going to be allowed to have abortion coverage in their insurance, this law just set them up to be raped. That's what they said, and they don't even realize they said that. And my point of right. contention is this. I can't let them get away with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let me repeat oh, that one more time, Leticia. Leticia, let me repeat that one more time so folks can really understand that. All right. Because that bill, they said because... The bill was signed not allowing or forcing women to buy separate abortion coverage that the the passing the passage of this law this bill is setting women up to be raped. Mhm. Take it away, Leticia, because I don't even know how to wrap my head around that. I still have a a headache from earlier. It's just more of the absurd things that that Democrats will say when they're backed into a corner with an entirely reasonable and fair bill. They'll start accusing people of all kinds of things. I mean, suddenly... uh, uh, an opt-out act means we want women to be raped. They better be careful or they're going to get raped. And now this insurance policy, they're not going to cover, not going to protect you if you're going to get raped. I'm sorry. How does one, has, how, is, how is A going to lead to B? And that's exactly the subject that um, Arthur Hunt and Riffraff which I mentioned earlier, um, had to deal with. She was off, actually on television in um oh, you're in and out. I, I don't know. I don't know how to help that. Uh, I'm sitting like two feet away from my from my my desk now, and let me play for you the interview that she had. And she had this interview with uh, one of the senators um, from the state of Michigan, and this is what she had to say. It's kind of longish, so hang in there. And I hope my phone does not break up. You're talking about the right of people to choose not to pay for other people's abortion. Tonight on Let It Rip, the debate heats up again in Michigan as politicians pass a law that bans insurance companies from covering most abortions. For 20 years ago, I was a victim of rape. This is abortion insurance. It's, it's not rape insurance. This may be the law as of next March, but the emotion and anger over the issue is far from over. Plus, a 16-year-old boy gets probation for driving drunk and killing four people. The issue of money and justice as a rich teenager gets probation after killing four people in a drunk driving crash. Um, passing through that. 
prize money who's paying for abortions, that will not happen again with this law. So if people want abortion coverage, they can get it. They just have to purchase a separate rider. Just like right now, there's many policies that if you want pregnancy coverage, you have to purchase a separate rider. And that's what many people say, uh, Senator Warren. This law does not destroy a woman's right to choose. What this law does, though, is two important things. First of all, it allows 4% of Michigan citizens who signed this petition to determine the health care options of 100% of Michigan's women. What it does is carve out women's health and make it necessarily more expensive by drawing it out as a separate rider. Seven other states have enacted this legislation, and five of them, there is no rider. So will there really be a rider option for Michigan women? I don't think so. Well, this has been very emotional. It uh, triggered a lot of debate and appears even uh, in the halls of Lansing. And for Democratic State Senator Gretchen Whitmer, it was a very personal issue. I'm about to tell you something that I've not shared with many people in my life. But over 20 years ago, I was a victim of rape. And thank God it didn't result in a pregnancy. Because I can't imagine going through what I went through and then having to consider what to do about an unwanted pregnancy from an attacker. So she wants a third party to pay for her abortion if she had gotten pregnant. Okay. And as a mother with two girls, the thought that they would ever go through something like I did keeps me up at night. I thought this was all behind me. You know how tough I can be. The thought and the memory of that still haunts me. If this were law then, and I had become pregnant, I would not be able to have coverage. Uh, okay, 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 okay. If this were law then, she would not be able to have coverage. Who's to say that she had coverage at all? You have right. to look at your insurance policy. I don't understand how this law being passed today has any effect on anybody's life tomorrow. It hasn't so far. It didn't today. It's not going tomorrow. What would people do if they had? What would people do if they didn't have insurance that covered abortion? What would they do? Oh my gosh! It's the end of the world? No. People have. We haven't gone for 40 years under Roe v. Wade and decriminalized abortion and had this insurance debate. It's all made up going on. And Charlie, because this is a citizen-initiated law, it's different. Now, Governor Rick Snyder vetoed a similar bill last year because it did not contain an exception to rape, but this time around, he's virtually powerless to stop. He can't do anything with this bill right now because... She said that she wouldn't have had coverage, but that's only if she made the choice not to purchase the abortion rider. She's pro-choice. I'm sure she would purchase the abortion rider. How okay? much money are we talking about? How much well, you know, there are only... There were over 23,000 abortions in Michigan last year. Only 730 were covered. So there were 22,000 women in Michigan who had to pay for their own abortions last year. You know, please, this, this is ridiculous. And she uses the R word because she doesn't want to talk about the A word. 
because it's really about abortion insurance. And she knows that A-word is ugly and that people do not want to pay for other people's abortions. You want a right to choose? Don't force me to pay for that. I want a right to choose not to pay for other people's abortions. And that's... And, and Rebecca, that was Rebecca Kiesling, by the way, and she nailed it right on the money. Now, of course, the, the people, she was surrounded by people during this interview, um, the Democrat senator uh, to one side and the two, two reporters on the other, and eventually this interview became kind of a three against one where they began to ask her questions and uh, about, well, are you against abortion? Are you pro-life? And, and she brilliantly brought everything back. Oh, you know, the question was, I'm not going to show that to you because it's very, this is a very long clip. I'm not going to play it. But they had asked her, do you want to end abortion in America? First of all, that is not the reason why she was asked to comment on this program. They're talking about the Abortion Insurance Opt-Out Act. Not does Rebecca Kiesling or any pro-life person want to end abortion in America. So what if she does? How does that play into this question whatsoever? It does not. But this is the type of thing that reporters love to do with pro-life public speakers and get you off track talking about something about your beliefs and take the issue away from the legislation or away from the topic at hand so that it opens the door for your Democrat pro-choice person to jump down your throat and tell you what an awful person you are. (laughs) So in this interview, Rebecca was very, very right on target. She handled it brilliantly. It was a great interview. I I hope that she gets an opportunity to say more about this Michigan law and really spread the truth to other people because, I mean, there, okay, okay, this is what's going to happen now. Planned Parenthood and NARAL and uh, throw any other pro-choice group in there, all the feminists come out that are pro-choice are now going to, guess what they're going to do? They are going to start circulating petitions and getting the requisite 300,000 signatures to put a measure to counter this law on the ballot for the next election. I'll bet you a trillion dollars plus that when that succeeds, it will not be called a special interest uh, movement of a special interest of, say, 3 to 4% of the population of Michigan. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be advertised as a triumph of democracy if they should right. get this on the ballot. I'm, I, I don't know how else to label this um, unless I get the opportunity to put hypocrite stickers on every one of their foreheads. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. If I get the opportunity, I'll drive up to Michigan with a whole bunch of tape that has the word hypocrite on it, and I'll slap one on every forehead because that's exactly what's going to happen. The, the state legislature of Democrats has already said that they want to see this happen, and it is probably what's going to happen. So suddenly 
an, an initiative, a citizen's initiative, oh, it's not a citizen's initiative, becomes one if they do it. Please, give me a break. Well, you know, they have to call in all their outside forces because so many people in Michigan oppose them. So they're going to call in their outside cronies and, you know, that's how they roll. Right. So we're going to take a quick break right now um, and let loose with the Mannheim steamroller again. I love that stuff. Uh, we'll be racking in just a couple of minutes with our guest on the other side. Stay tuned for more Pro-Life Fridays Radio. the holiday season, and if you still are in need of some Christmas shopping to be done for you and for your family, um, I just met a most fabulous, wonderful sister in Christ who is now trying to make a living for herself, doing uh, what I do, that we love being on the radio, but she has decided to sell Avon to be able to support her ministry and support what she does, and she has been a fabulous, fabulous friend and a fabulous sister. And so if you still need some Christmas shopping done and want a great person to help you and assist you with um, cosmetics, shoes, whatever, Avon practically sells everything now under the sun, uh, check her out, Stacey Lynn Harp, and she runs the Active Christian Media program uh, here right here on Blog Talk Radio. So give her a, a ring. Her information can be found on Facebook and also through her website, um, Stacey Lynn Harp. I believe it's StaceyLynnHarp.com. And so um, we're back with a little bit more um, on, our, on our show. If you have a question you'd like to call into the show, the number to call in is 760-542-3907. Our phone lines are open. We have with us a woman who has been through, I, I think she's been through hell and back 
right now. I, I mean, maybe she's still in the middle of it. And I, when I listened to her story and I had a phone call with her, it was just, I could not put into words. I, I still can't. I, I have no words for what she has gone through because not only did she have this issue that we're going to talk about with her son, um, she then proceeded to be in a car accident, or, or I think it's a car accident. Was it a car accident, Maggie? Uh, what? Yeah. Well, I lied. Okay, there you are. You got in a car accident, too. Yes, ma'am, I did. Oh, it's been a rough, rough couple of months for you so far. Oh, I'm, I'm very sorry for all the things that have happened to you, but let's let's start from the beginning. And tell us uh, when your son was born. Uh, he was born April the 22nd of 2013. Okay. Uh, so he was April four, four months old? Ma'am, could you repeat that? Was, was he, so he was about four months old when... Uh, no, he was three he months had, when he went in for the circumcision. Uh, oh. Okay, so he was, he was about three months old. So start then. How is it that you decided that um, he needed to have the circumcision procedure done, and how did you end up at the clinic that that injured your son? Well, I would like to first start my story off like this. Um, I had words today coming in saying that um, I'm switching my story. Um, is what happened to my son is unswitchable. You can't switch something that happens that day inside that clinic to your child, just like a memory, the cry that my baby gave inside that clinic, you can't switch your story. It's impossible. Okay. It so have- is with me when I'm sleeping at night. It's still with me throughout the day. And uh, um, I'm not on here. I'm not looking for a handout. No, I didn't quit my job because I thought it was the law to. Like, it's so many rumors going around right now, too. You know, I'm like, I told the news people, if y'all not going to air everything, don't air nothing at all. Mm. And, you know, the uh, thing that happened to my baby inside that clinic, you know, I feel like, you know, where's the hip, you know, where's the hip away in the hospitals, uh, you know, I'm angry right now. Um, I feel like, uh, no, I'm not right here looking for a handout. No, I was so okay. I wouldn't know any mom that's on welfare or Medicaid or whatever they get in the system. Um, first time I ever applied for Medicaid uh, was when um, November fell. Um, they have records of that. Uh, I was somebody. I was a hardworking mom of. Uh, I was providing a single mom, providing for all three of my children, and how they trying to label me. I don't think that that fit well okay. with my spirit at all. Well, let's 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 try to bring our audience up to speed. I know your story's been out there for a little while, being picked up by, you know, some news news stories local. Your local news picked up the story. Let's start off. At the beginning, where you need, where did you, um, how did you end up at this clinic? And uh, tell it from there, and then we'll just, just 
talk about what's happened since then. Well, I've been going to the clinic since I've been a resident of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Lipsy, Memphis. Um, I had moved to where I was in in almost South Haven area, but I got uh, I know somebody that goes to the clinic. Uh, referred me to that clinic. Me and my children. I'm originally from Greenville, Mississippi, and that's how I became. Uh, that's how I started going to that clinic. And um, I have uh three small children. Uh, I were working for UPS for over ten years, and I also was working at the Washington County Circuit Clerk Office. Um. I feel like I was somebody. Sometimes you have to pick between your children and a job for those who ain't never worked in their life. I have children. I have to pick between my children or pick that job, and I chose Mm -hmm. to roll with my children because a job is always replaceable, but your children is not replaceable. Okay. um, on uh, August the 14th, I went in. Um, I started a new job. I was on a 90-day probation, grace period. Well, no, this with uh, yeah, I was on a 90-day probation because I moved to Tennessee and I got my job UPS transferred. And I've been with the company for over 10 years. But once you go get transferred to a new state in a new uh, city, um, you become, uh, um, it's like you have to start all the way back over for those who ain't never had a job before. Okay. Um, I went, um, I went and uh, I was on a 90-day probation period. They put me back on a 90-day probation period. Uh, it was like no tolerance. Uh, if you have to miss work or no tolerance, if you have to call out for any reason. I worked all the way up to... I worked two and a half months. I was almost done with my three months probation period. I never had a road up since I've been working for the company. Um, okay. I never been suspended. I never been late for work. I never even since I worked. So uh, August the fourteenth, uh, right before I went to work, I took my baby into Christ Community, and uh, I didn't sign any consent form saying that. Um, she needed to be circumcised or anything. They just told me that they was gonna do the procedure. And okay, so, so you uh, went on. So let me let me ask. You went to the clinic for what purpose? Why did you go to that clinic? I went. I went that day to get my son circumcised. But on that day, I didn't sign any consent form. They didn't tell me that it was a possibility he could get castrated. They didn't tell okay. me anything. They, um, when I went in there, uh, she said, uh, can I step outside in the hallway? It's going to take about 20 minutes. So I stepped outside in the hallway. Me and my uh, friend, well, she's just like a cousin to me. Her name was Gabrielle Singleton and my daughter. We all stepped okay. outside in the hallway. And um, when um, 20 minutes came, my baby was screaming like life and death. It wasn't even a normal baby cry. It was a cry like, Mommy, help me. These folks is hurting me. It was a cry like, I'm about to die crying. 
Right. And so uh, I kept knocking on the door, asking her, was everything okay with my son? One hour went by, my son still screaming. They did not sedate him. They did not get him anything for pain. No, they did not. And um, two hours went by, I'm still knocking on the door. She said, um, Ms. Rose, we wrapping up everything. Everything uh, is just taking a minute. Uh, we wrapping up everything. So three did they, hours. They in. did not. Did you ask to go in? Did you ask to go inside to see your son? I asked her before she asked me to step out in the hallway. I asked her. I said, "Is it is no way I can stay in the room with my son getting circumcised?" And she said, "No, you have to step out in the hallway. It ain't gonna take oh, nothing goodness. but twenty minutes." So I did ask, can I stay in the room, when she asked me to step out the room. Mm-hmm. And so she told me, no, it was going to take 20 minutes. And so 20 minutes turned into three hours and 30 minutes. So um, I knocked on the door after three hours passed because my son was screaming, said he couldn't scream no more. I knocked on the door. I said, ma'am, because I was fit to tell her, whatever you did, just wrap it up, you know, like, let my baby up out of here. And right. so she was like, well, we uh, well, we cleaning him up now, and we on our way out the room. I didn't even get a chance to go back into that room. She hung me my baby out. I'm standing in the hallway. She said, everything went well with him. Uh, don't remove the bandage on him for four or five weeks. I mean, four or five days. I'm sorry. Let me correct that. She said four or five days. Don't remove that bandage for four or five days. And okay. me not thinking I was tired. I was, you know, I had I was rich. I had to go to work. I just had got out of work. I had to take him to his appointment. And I also have a, a daughter with gastrocardia. I was at her doctor appointment that morning. So I'm, like, already tired. Then I got to go to my uh my job. And uh, okay. so when I go, so when I get home, I'm clicking for my two. After I took my baby, uh, I didn't even drive to the house. I let my friend, so-called cousin, drive my car to my home. I sat in the back seat with my baby because he was still screaming. He didn't want anyone right. touching him or nothing. Mm-hmm. So uh, we pulled up in the yard. Uh, we went into the. We went into my home. Uh, my sister was like, oh, what's wrong with him? I told her my baby in the house. And I said, he just had got circumcised. And she was like, well, he's still screaming, and he don't supposed to be doing it. So I'm about right. to look at this. And I said, well, no, the doctor said don't remove the bandage for four or five days. And um, my sister was like, well, the doctors don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to remove this bandage and see what's going on with this baby. So my sister took him into my room as I went to cook for my other kids, and she removed the bandage. She came into the kitchen and said, uh, you know your baby don't have a penis. And I was like, wait, girl, stop playing. You know, I thought she was joking. So I heard my cousin's uh, friend, but so-called, bust out and cry, like, they wrong for doing this baby like this. They wrong for it. And she was just mm-hmm. screaming, hollering and crying. And so... That's when I ran to the back of the back of my home and I looked at my baby's temple. It was covered in blood. The glove was covered in blood and uh it was peeking through his temple. 
that she taped, that the doctor taped down to his skin and after she gave him back to me. And so I ran, um, I looked at him, his legs had swollen, swollen so big. I took him straight to Lebanon Children's Hospital. Um, when we made it to the hospital, uh, they told me that um, they was like, uh, oh, wow. They immediately took him to the bed, put him in trauma. And uh, they was like, um, they had called every doctor, no matter what that doctor was in the hospital for or what kind of surgery he was or who he was, he could be a heart doctor. They called him in the room and was telling them to look at all the nurses, all the doctors, to look at my baby penis. They'd never seen nothing like that happen before. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was sitting back, me, my sister, and Gabrielle, we were sitting back. I'm like, where's the hippo? And I'm looking like, you know, ain't no hippo in this hospital. Where's the hippo law? Right. And I, I'm like, I feel violated right now. And uh, I started snapping in the room. I uh, was like, where's the hippo? Why is all these folks? Y'all missing the fact my son here swallowed up. Yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't do no blood samples. They didn't get him no IV. They didn't get him nothing. They just, he was in so much pain. My baby couldn't even hardly breathe. They didn't even uh, get him a breathing treat. So um, all they prescribed with him was Tylenol 3 coating to a three-month-old baby. And um, I did my research on that. A three-month-old baby do not supposed to have coating provided by the mother because she could give him too much and cause him to have brain damage or right, I could have gave my baby right. too much coins and it could have killed him. Mhm. And so I I was not allowed I didn't supposed to have been allowed to give my baby the coatings. And right. um so the next day uh, after they prescribed him the coatings, the next day I did not sleep. I went, uh, we left the hospital that morning. I went straight over. We left the hospital about 7 something. I went straight over to Christ Community Clinic, and I waited till they opened up their doors. And I went in, and I confronted the doctors with a tape record. And I asked them what happened to my baby penis. All she could do is say, oh, when I walked into the clinic, she gave me this real nasty look like in my mind it was like if she would have had a knife or a gun she would have killed me dead for just even coming back up to saying something about my baby penis mm-hmm. and so after I confronted her with the tape recorder uh, she was like well Miss Rose it, it was an honest mistake I made an honest mistake on your son I sat up all the night and worrying about the mistake that I made on Ashton uh to see if I made a mistake on your baby. Um, when he lost a lot of blood inside clinic yesterday, I'm like, excuse me? He lost blood? You didn't even tell me that my son lost a lot of blood and I was there inside the clinic? I was like, mm-hmm. really? I said, I don't feel like there's no mistake. Right, right. I said, it was a cover-up. I said, and you know in your heart. I said, uh, if I want to remove that bandage, I confronted her. I said, if I would have removed that bandage for four or five days, y'all could have put that all on me, said that, well, when your son left the clinic, he was fine. 
Right. I miss right. his mom, mad at her baby dad to cut off the child pieces. Right. And I said, and that was like my life could have been taken away from me as well as my son could have came home with me and died. Right. And that's what I got a problem with Tennessee about. Right. And and that that now that's what you're dealing with now. You since this happened, so let me bring our audiences just may just be tuning in up to speed. Uh Maggie's son, Ashton, uh I'm to put it lightly, was the victim of a botched circumcision. And not only do they cut off too much, I hate to be graphic, they cut off his his male member and did not tell her that that's what happened at all. And so, so, you know, thank God for the presence of mind of your sister and for discovering this that day so that you can go back the next day and confront them about it and thank God that you had the presence of mind to record your conversation. So since then, I mean, you were afraid that people were going to accuse you of doing this to your own son, and now you have the proof that you didn't. Is that what, how you've been treated so far? Is that people ever yes, accuse ma'am. you of harming your own child? Yes, ma'am. That is tragic. That, to me, that is adding much more insult on top of injury, and you do not deserve that. No mother should have to go through that, um, seeing your son, seeing one child um, harmed by another, and then the, being the one accused of doing it. Um, Thomas, you had something that you wanted to say or, or questions that you wanted to ask. I think Thomas is here. Thomas! Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me now? All right. Yes, Sorry. you can. I have, I have myself muted. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just wanted to add to what um, what Maggie has said and that I have heard, she has shared with me, and I have heard her story multiple times, more than, more than any of our listeners. And I can tell you one thing. She has not once deviated from her story. And every time she, every time she has shared it, it has sickened me to my stomach. And folks, I, I want to bring this around full circle, if you will, because there, there, there is something. There is something. Uh, there's something nefarious about this whole thing, because what she, what she didn't tell you is that, uh, you know, she can't even get the medical record. That's a struggle for her. Okay, she can't and get the medical records from? From the hospital. And Maggie, let me ask you this. The hospital that you, that you went to, didn't, did you tell me or am I mistaken that are these, um, the clinic is affiliated with the hospital that you went to where all the doctors and stuff came looking at your baby, or was that a different hospital? Um, yes, sir. The clinic that um, 
uh, Christ Community and Labonis are in together. Uh, they own, I guess, by the same partnership. And so I feel like my son's not getting a proper treatment that he should be getting at that hospital. Okay. Let me ask you this, Letitia. I want to ask you this. To you, doesn't that kind of sound like a conflict of interest? To you? Well, the the relationship between the clinic and the hospital, there could be. I'm not really sure about the whole legal aspect of that. Um, But if there's, if the same, if the hospital and the clinic share the same doctors, um, there could be other problems, especially if if there's a something like what happened to Maggie. Um, uh, That would that. the very first thing would tell me that they've got some pretty incompetent doctors there that shouldn't be right. working in either place. It should not be working in a hospital nor a clinic. Uh, but if there is a if there is a conflict of interest, um, and I'm not really 100% sure of this, you know, an attorney would probably tell you better than I could that if if the if the doctor that works for the clinic is being protected by uh, the doctors in the hospital, that would be a definite co- conflict of interest. If, if, if one street, one source of income paid those doctors in both clinics. Possible. Oh, wow. Very possible. Um, okay. Very possible. But, you know, at any rate, now, wasn't this a Christ Community Clinic also a subsidized clinic of Planned Parenthood? I mean, that's what you had said in the description. Yes, I do believe I do believe so. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you think? Um, so tell me a little bit about this. Is you suspect there's more to this going on to, to, with Maggie's story than just a terrible accident? Tell me a little bit more yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, I just and 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 folks, I'm gonna say this. This is just on my part. This is um, this is an opinion. But, you know, you know us here at Pro-Life Fridays and the stuff that we've looked into with the targeted rates of our community. Now, Maggie, if I will, I'm going I'm to share, share part of your story so that people really can understand what you have went through. This woman, folks, a lifelong part-period Democrat, she went to her mayor in Memphis, Tennessee. She went to the congressman, both Democrats, Mayor Black in Memphis. They ran from this. So my question is, okay, you're supposed to be for the black community, supposedly, but a young lady who was obviously done wrong, and this is a young lady, by her own words, wrote her tail off, was being a productive citizen of society, was not sitting around with the handout, but when she legitimately needed the help of the people tasked with serving the community, she could not get the help she needed. This is where I have a problem. And, and oh, yes, I all have a problem. Yeah, exactly. We should. We all should. But it seems like when something 
when something like this happens, the people supposedly say who say they're for the black community, they run and hide. And the reason being is because the eugenics attitude is all a part of their agenda. They had no reason, and Maggie, am I wrong? They had no reason to recommend your baby for for circumcision. He wasn't born. He wasn't born unhealthy, was he? Was was Ashton unhealthy when he was born, Maggie? Sir? Yes. Was Ashton, your baby, was he unhealthy? Yeah, he was born healthy. Uh, He didn't have any uh, problems. Okay, so they had no reason to circumcise him. There was none. He was born healthy. But because... And, and here's the it was other like, thing. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. It was like she was, like, determined to uh, do the circumcision. Did she okay. ever, did she ever give you, did she tell you what the benefits were? Did she, what no, did she, she did not. I didn't sign any consent form. Uh, she didn't tell me no percentage or anything. So she just basically, in a nutshell, if if we're understanding you straight, basically she told you he needs to be circumcised, and that was it. Yeah. No You know, and okay. can, 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 jump in here, cause, no, jump in here because I'm still confused, and I've heard people talk about circumcision, and I still don't know the purpose of it. Well, all right. Well, this isn't about circumcision. <laughs> this is about this is about what happened to what happened when when obviously both of them were mistreated and basic medical protocol was not followed. There is no first of all, there is no such thing as not allowing a parent into the room when their child is having any kind of procedure done to them. That, wow. is, that is not, I mean, she should have been allowed to, if she, when she asked to be in the room with her son, she should have been allowed to. It is her right as the parent to be wherever your child is because there is no right, there is no, nobody has the right to separate a mother and her child without right. exactly. permission. And when you ask to be in the room, they should they they need to honor that. That is right. that is what they're supposed to do. Right. So and you um, know, Leticia, you bring this point because something just popped into my memory where I, I remember seeing on health shows on TV where when a baby is born through a procedure, they had the mom or the dad in surgical scrubs in the room. Right. Every every parent has the right to be everywhere the child is. Wow. The the hospital staff, clinic staff, nobody has the right to separate a mother or a parent from her child or his child without their permission. And you can revoke that permission. You can say, I want to be in the room now. Um, So, you know, after 20 minutes, or whatever, even after one minute, and you change your mind and you decide you want to be in that room, they have to let you in. That is the proper way to deal with parent-child relationships. 
from the medical community. Now, the fact that she was made to stand outside and told she was not allowed in the room is already an ethics violation. Right. Now, let's fast forward to everything else. If they said it was going to be a 20-minute procedure and, of course, 25 minutes have passed by and she knocks on the door and they should have told her the truth. Right. I mean, from from the very beginning, they were doing her wrong. Let me tell you that from the very beginning. And I sure hope that her lawyer. Now, does your lawyer have all this documented? Maggie. Yes, ma'am. Maggie, uh, he does. Okay, the, I mean, he fabulous because. Be he, he, he on the line? Actually, I wanted to ask if her if if her attorney was on the line. No, uh, he's not on the line. Elaine's listening in. Okay, all right. So, um, yeah, we would we should. I would love to hear from from your attorney as to how this is going forward. So now, now coming to today, you are trying to file suit against Christ Community Center for. I, the very least, I hope it's for medical malpractice. At the very least. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, because the, I mean, this to me, and I'm not a, I'm not an attorney, but this seems to be a very clear case. Whether whether you like circumcision or not, that is totally beside the point. Whether or not um, who's associated with who or what procedures were followed, this is very clear to me um, that what what resulted in in little Ashton being mutilated in this way was a complete, utter lack of medical professionalism, just to say the very least. Yep. Just to say the very least. And I'm being nice <laughs> that. Um, I think that they they need to take care of your son as far as his injuries are concerned for as long as this is going to be a problem. And it could be all the way to adulthood. I think he deserves that. I think Maggie deserves that because she was clearly a victim of of some horrible, horrible decisions and and a horrible accident, even if it were accidental. In fact, they tried to cover it up by telling her, by not disclosing your, your baby is injured. And the only person that could do it is a doctor. By not saying anything to her at all, it really compounds it. I hope that this clinic is is sued by more than one person because if this is how they operate with all their other mistakes, they need to be sued up the rear end. Yeah. And Maggie, one thing you can be assured of is that we're going to do everything to keep this story and keep your story in the in the uh, forefront because you know you and I talk almost every single day. I call to find out how you're doing, what's going on, and um, you know I oh man I really I really don't know what to say about it because. I think of that beautiful baby boy laying there, and I'm looking at his picture right now, and he's just laying there with his little finger in his mouth. That's like, 
it makes it makes my blood boil, and I know how it makes you feel if it's making my blood boil. And uh, if it's the last so, thing we do, you will we will see that you get just. So go ahead, let's hit you. Well, now we're in the process, just to bring people up to speed, we're in the process where this is, this is going forward on the legal side. Um, and as far as we know, Ashton is doing all right, despite or in spite of his, his, his injury. I'm going to call it an injury because he is. He's injured by somebody's hut yeah. hand. He's injured. Um, this is... So you think that, oh, oh well, this is what, I, I'm sorry, I, this is what I was going to say earlier. So Maggie has not heard from anybody on the Democratic side and on any level of government to help her. But I also have a question. Where is Al Sharpton? Where is Al Sharpton? Where is Where's Al Sharpton? Certainly if anybody should be interested in standing up for a hardworking black woman who has been a victim of some medical system that looked down their nose at her and injured her and her son, he ought to be the one to stand up and take up her cause. Right. I really don't see any kind of movement toward picking up this story because several people have already reported on this. Wow, the Maggie. Did anyone like that? Al Sharpton or anybody like that reach out to you? Did anybody reach out to me? No, no. Have anyone reached out to me? Not even my own mayor from Memphis, Tennessee. I'm no conspiracy theorist. I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I do really think that that has something to do with the fact that this is... Now, you are sure that this is a Planned Parenthood-funded clinic. Not that it has to be Planned Parenthood. There's a number of pro-abortions. It may have been funded through their affiliates, but not may not be directly funded, but probably through one of their affiliates. Because I, that's what I got from Dr. Randy Short. Okay. He's actually... Hold on, you need... If you're on speaker, if you're on speaker, you need to put yourself um, on regular because you're breaking up a little bit. Okay. Can you that's hear me now? Better. Yes, that's much better. <laughs> so I, I but, think uh, that definitely that the lack of attention that she's getting for this from her own local authorities is very telling. I think you're you're right on about that. Um, I, I think that there is no interest for her in her plight because I don't know that any Democrat can get any political points out of this. It's sad to say, but I, that's how they classically operate. If you don't have a way to benefit a Democrat politically, they're not interested. But here's the problem. She was, a, and as far as I know, she still is, but hopefully after she sees how much she loves, we love her, that she'll change her mind. <laughs> that's a, that's a, <laughs> to make you laugh, Maggie. <laughs> but uh, 
Um, but see, that that's what I don't understand. Oh man. Well, this is well to be to be clear. This is not your everyday human being in America. Your everyday average American who chooses to be one party or another. Right. This is all about those who are in the know, in the Democrat Party, those who occupy a public office, those who right. have anything to do with politics, and those who are are party involved. It's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to choose uh, to be a Democrat on my voter registration. That's fine. Right. This has everything to do with those that are are really familiar with what the Democrat Party is, decides to act, oh, geez, they act in lockstep accord with what the Democrat Party has done for 200 right. freaking years. Right. Yeah. And I'm sorry to get off my pro-life side and get on my political side, but this has everything to do with how this woman is being treated right now. She is not scoring exactly. political points for anybody, and so they choose to ignore her. Exactly. And, Maggie, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. For you, for us here, it's about you and your life. We don't care about no political points. But the fact that the truth of the matter is the fact that you was working hard, working two jobs. See, you never told me about the second job. I only knew about the first one. And uh, and the fact that you was taking care of your three kids. Honestly, for the most part, that's not really the mentality or the attitude of a lot of Democrats. Because you believe, like the first time we talked, Maggie, and correct me if I'm wrong, one thing you, you said to me, I wasn't out there with my hand out. I was out there working and taking care of my kids and providing for them. That's what you said to me. And I was like, I was like, wow, you volunteered that. And the fact that a hard-working American citizen, let's, let's put all race aside and political party aside for a minute. The fact that you are a hard-working American citizen who was in need of help, genuine help, when you needed it, they turned and ran. They turned and they ran. Well, I feel like I feel like I, I I'm really not a um politics fan. You know, I, right. I was born in Democrat, but you know, right now it's not all about Democrat or Republicans. It's about Ashton Road. Right. You know, right. it's not about Medicaid or you know Medicare. It's about Ashton Road. Right. And so I want to, like, first put that out there. Like, it's not all about, because I have Republicans on my side, I have Democrat people that mad about what happens to my son. So I don't want to get anybody mad saying that, you know, it's about Republicans. You know, it's a Republican thing. It's a Democrat thing. I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to get anybody mad at this present time. Right now, it's all about Ashton Rose and what happens to my soul. Right, and you and you're That's very correct. you're very right. You're very right. But here's the but the caveat: you went to those that you could in your in your leadership. The 
the leadership that could actually have put pressure, and this is what we were getting at. This is what we were getting at at this point in time. Your legislator who could have put pressure on that clinic and your mayor were Democrats. The fact that they did not, they did not um, uh, reciprocate or even reply to you, that's the point that we're getting at because we have seen it happen across the board. In fact, I can tell you this, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of people who now know your story, maybe even more than that. And as and after the story comes out on World Net Daily, it will be millions of people that will know your story. And I can tell you now, there are thousands of people that are mad about what happened to your faith. Democrats and Republicans, like you said. But we agree it's you're absolutely right. It's not about that. But the fact that you went to who you what who was available to you and they turned their backs, if you will, they need to be held accountable. That's why we bring up the whole Republican-Democrat thing. Because that basically... You know, I, you, know, like, you know, like, people can get in front of TV and they can say that they with Democrats or they with Republicans, but when they get behind them curtains and them bone reservation uh, places, you don't really know who people are voting for or who they are with. So I'm not trying to make this like a political thing. I'm not trying to make this look like it was righteous. Because this happened to not just a little black boy. It could have happened to a Mexican, Puerto Rican, or anybody, baby, or a white baby. You know, I'm not trying to make this like a Democrat or Republican thing, or I'm not trying to say that, the doctor that did it, you know, she probably could have made a mistake, but I felt like in my heart I was there inside that clinic. It was more like a cover-up than it was a mistake. Right, and, and I think that's all we're trying up. to say. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's all we can safely say. I mean, the point about um, political parties is really just the point about um, that that those who claim they want to help the most are the first to turn you down. And I think that's all that uh, are all that Thomas was trying to say about that. But um, now, from this going on point going forward, what can we expect? Can we, can we expect a lawsuit to go forward? Do you, do you have a hearing coming up? Do you have um, anything that's um, happening in the next few weeks? Well, well right now, um, I'm just... Um, Following up with my attorney on everything, uh, it was a delay due to my car accident. So now I'm just waiting on my attorney with more information. Okay. Okay. So and Thomas, you said her story is getting picked up on World Net Daily. Yes, Jack Castle is investigating. Jack Castle well, is investigating. Awesome. So. Awesome. So. We will definitely know. Is there anything else to the story that, that you want to let people know? Um, anything that we haven't asked uh, that you want people to know? No. Um, I believe I would like to thank everybody that is praying for me and my family right now due a tragedy cause. Um, I, I'm, I just want to say I'm blessed that I'm still here 
Uh, I can um get just to serve for my son, and that's all I would like to say. Mm-hmm. And that's how's awesome. baby? How's how's Ashton doing these days? He's doing okay. Okay. That's cool. And I, it is going to be hard. I think at one point in time, your the, the television interview that you did with your local. Um, TV station, and it's going to be a hard thing when when he grows up big enough to know something's wrong, and you're going to have to explain that to him. I can't I can't imagine what that day is going to be like because it's going to be very difficult. Um, and I pray for you to to be able to find a medical solution, as well as just having the emotional support to help him grow up. Um, so I encourage our audience to check this story out. I know it's just, yeah. it's kind of unthinkable. I, I know that it's hard. We all know, everybody in the world knows that something like this can happen. But it's one of those things you don't want to think about because it's too hard. It's too hard to think about what happens to the little baby boys. It can happen, and it does. And we can't shy away from it forever because somebody is it's happening to somebody. And so I want to thank you for coming on the program on Pro-Life Fridays Radio and sharing with us your story and not just the story of a horrible accident, but how you were treated and how you are trying to obtain the help that you need for your son and you are being mistreated by medical professionals and people who are in power to do something about it alike. I pray for you, and I pray for your attorney, and I pray for little Ashton that, you know, God will provide for you in the coming months and years that what happens to you, what happened a couple of months ago, there's healing from that, there's a solution to this, and, you know, that God will bless you even in the face of a horrible tragedy. Right. Hey, Maggie, before you go, I just have one lighthearted question for you. That Nissan in your picture, is that yours? Uh, that Nissan off me. Huh? Yes. So that that's a beautiful that's a beautiful car. God is good. So I just wanted to say if you um you would you share would you share with our uh before you go, would you share a little bit about how you got the car? If you will. Um well, uh, the support for my family, um I had an uncle, um I lost my car on uh, Monday during a um, tragedy incident, uh, I went out the E-Way. Um, I was driving to Jackson uh, for my daughter with a heart problem to get her tissues ran because she had caught a bacteria with me through the water. And um, I was driving to, and I also went close to my lawyer on that day. And I went to Jackson, Mississippi, and as I was coming back home, uh, it was a hole in the road in Grenada. And I ended up hitting the pothole. Um, they didn't have any cones up or anything. 
So um, it uh, took me off the road. It was taking me into the Mississippi River, but I turned my car back around, and um, I went off um, a 30-feet hill, and I spent all the way out of the air into the trees, and I hit the trees, and everybody was out uh, at impact in my car, and so I crawled out, and... um, I crawled up to the hill and got help for my family that was in the car. So um, fast forward, the the Nissan, that's your new car, right, that you was blessed with? Or huh? was that the car you, the Nissan in the picture that you showed today, was that the car that was that was given to you or was that your car from the car wreck? No, uh, I had a, a 2012 Dark Adventure with slit in half. Oh, and my kids, my kids, they walked out the car without a scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, I had back bruises and uh, left shoulder and. Well, we. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ you that you see you didn't know the car was split in half. Wow. Man, yes. thank thank God that you that that he that he was with you. Oh my gosh. Um just know we got her back and we're gonna continue to um push your story and um you know I'll be talking to you all the time, just keeping up with you and uh, God bless you. And when you see those beautiful kids, for them, give them give them a big hug for us from Pro Life Fridays Radio, please. Amen. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, thank Reggie. you. We will we will definitely have you back to share more about what's going on with your case. And hopefully it will go forward. We will pray for a lot of success in this area. Um, yeah, definitely, most definitely. All right, Miss Maggie, you All have right. a good night, my thank friend. You. Okay, thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. Uh, All, right. All right. All right, bye, Maggie. Woo, we have got to stop having such heart-wrenching, heart-breaking stories. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's Pro-Life Fridays Radio. Yep. Because at this point in time, I am so uh, drained. I don't want to end the story. I don't want to end the program with our stupidest thing ever because it almost makes fun of me. Um, and But... Well, just save on? it for next week then. No, we did, we did that last week. We did that last week, and oh. I'm not going to do that again because okay. um, it is so part of show. It's just that I, I hate transitioning. I hate these transitions because it almost seems like I had to live in the previous segment for so long. <laughs> right. But right. Uh, let, me, let me take a really, really quick break so I can um, – use up a box of tissues before we go on. <laughs> right. 
So uh, just a one-minute break. If you'd like to call in and make a comment about any of the guests that are that uh, have been on the show or any of the subjects that we've talked about today, number to call in is 760-542-3907. This is Pro-Life Fridays Radio. Life Fridays Radio. I am your host, Lakisha Wong. I'm on the air with my co-host and wonderful friend, Thomas Smith. And I, I don't even know if our if our stupidest thing ever really ranks the stupidest thing ever because I have I have asked this question on Facebook and I've gotten both sides. And so I'm not sure whether it is a legitimate stupidest thing ever, but we're going to play it anyway, because when you hear it, there's something about it that's pretty stupid. (laughs) Whether or not you think it's stupid for the same reasons, I guess you're going to have to decide for yourself, but it definitely uh, trumps the Black Santa issue. Do you know what I'm talking about, Thomas? Uh, Nope. Okay. Well, okay. This will be this will be the stupidest thing ever. One point five edition, because we're going to have one and a half stories. Well, apparently there was this big controversy on Fox News today, um, with with Fox News's star anchor, I guess Megyn Kelly, where she I don't know what possessed her to bring up the subject, but they had this controversy over what is Santa? Is he white or is he black or is he something in between? I don't know. And I don't even know why anybody would care. So it's like this whole black Santa thing. Is Santa black? I don't think so. I don't think he's white. Because 
Santa is a is a is a is a made up character by what was it? The Coke. Coke made up the Santa that we know and love today, with the whole red suit and the red hat and the the fat part too. They made that up. So I, I think it's really useless to start talking about what Ray Santa is because, really, really. Okay, so by your silence, I am, I think that I uh, I struck a note. There. No, you didn't lose me. Wrong one. I have, I have muted myself. Well, stop doing that when you're trying to when I'm we're trying to do a show here, you know. <laughs> So what was the question? I'm sorry, focus. Oh, there's no question. I didn't even want to talk about it this long. It was all a whole that Black Santa thing. Uh, oh. One thing that is pretty stupid, and you're going to listen to this, and, and you'll find out why it is stupid, and it's the whole – today this video was released by by – the group that is a pro Obamacare group called Get Organized. And do you know what Get Organized is? is their function is to get people to buy the health care bill. Right. Um, right. If you go on their website, uh, if you go on their website, um, it's all about. The funny thing is you sign up for their website, and then they send you information on how to sign up for Obamacare on healthcare.gov, which to me is like, why do you need to sign up twice for signing up for Obamacare once? It's already going to take three years of your life to sign up for Obamacare <laughs> a government website. Why right. do they need to sign up twice for another site? Now, hopefully, hopefully, it was it was not made. It was made by a private company that ha- actually knows how to put together websites. And so they they released. I don't know. They I don't know where they got this video, but it's a rap video about Obamacare, and it's talking about how people ought to sign up for Obamacare. So why? What I didn't understand was whether it is a parody, a true parody, or not. So let me find the clip. And is it under the O's? There it is. And you decide. You decide just what it is about it that's pro-Obamacare. President Barack, President Barack, President Barack. And if my critics get an attitude, I tell them to stop, I tell them to stop, I tell them to stop. And if you need that new health care, sign up because it's hot, sign up because it's hot, sign up because it's hot. I'm commander-in-chief and I'm two-term strong, plus I've got this health care which has got it going on. I am a nice press with some nice dreams. See this flag pin? See my swags clean? Affordable health care. Officially a go. Oh, that's better than what we had a year ago. Your options. 
are really wise present. Don't worry about what them, they, her, or he said. I can educate you. This could be your health at. Jump on your mom's plan. That's how you get a his at. Present, I'm the man. Been the presence. Yes, we can. And I dealt with all this health care about dealing with our rent. So don't try to talk about my plan like the people haven't wanted this. They've waited long for this. And it covers all conditions that can pre-exist. You should think about it. Uh, take a second. Matter of fact, uh, you should take it easy and rock to the gym from Barack Obama. Uh, when I'm in the Oval Office, call me President Barack, President Barack, President Barack. And if my critics get an attitude, I tell them to stop, I tell them to stop, I tell them to stop. And if you need that new health care, sign up because it's hot, sign up because it's hot, sign up because it's hot. Okay, sign up because it's hot. Uh, what, what, now, let me say, okay, uh, we try to be black here. President B. Rocco Beezy tells you to sign up because it's hot. <laughs> B. Rocco Beezy? <laughs> That's what it says. B. Rocco Beezy. Now, if I were the President of the United States, I would not want somebody to say I'm B. Rocco Beezy. Tell me you're set up for Obamacare. Wow. Now, the debate, is, the debate is over whether or not this is a serious video that's trying to get people, by serious, I mean it's intended to get people to think insurance is hot, <laughs> to sign up for Obamacare. Well, or I have it to break. Was made by Saturday Night Live, and we're all supposed to sit around and laugh at it. Well, let me let me disappoint you for a minute. That is a serious video. I, they were talking about it on Fox News today. Tucker Carlson went off on it. I have a. I'm just listening to it. I have a very hard time believing it. And I know everything about it. After you finish the video, you see all these hashtags that say, you know, get, get, what is this? Get, get, buy insurance, buy Obamacare. (laughs) But everything else about it, the the video itself, is you got to be kidding me. Right. No kidding. Using no words that. like, you, like insurance is some kind is a shizzle, and I mean I have never, I have never, never the worst president ever would never endorse something like this. <laughs> even even George W. Bush did never do something like that. Well, this didn't come from the Obama administration, but you don't even let your the people who are on your side to do that because it looks as yeah. stupid as it is. Yep, so it that, is ladies stupid. and gentlemen, is the stupidest thing ever today because for if it's serious, it's stupid. If it's not serious, it's still stupid. It's just stupid for a different reason. Uh, <laughs> from the Rock Obese, everybody. So see you next. <laughs> I, we're going to cut this up. We are going to cut this up. It's going to become a permanent part of our show. I think that would be great. That would be just great. Might as well. 
<laughs> Mine says 12. So we're going to start something new this year. Next our, next week's broadcast, we are going to feature 12, you know, the 12 days of Christmas. We're going to have 12 stupidest things ever, stupidest things ever, as a feature of our holiday show, our Christmas show. Don't you mean so Christmas show, not you. holiday, Christmas. Oh, Christmas is a holiday. Yeah, but... Um... But when we say holiday, we give the atheist satisfaction. So let's say Christmas. Oh, no, 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 no. They don't get to steal words from me. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. They don't get to steal words from me and use them for their purposes. Holiday is, is a word that they don't get to have just because they want it. So yeah. it is a holiday show because Christmas is a holiday. So come yep. back next week, everybody. Full Life Fridays Radio. Good night from Letitia and Thomas Smith. And <laughs> one of these days we're going to get this right. Have a good night, everybody. Well, yep, everybody what? have a good oh. night. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Hanukkah Christmas. Ramahana Halankana. Anyway, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye bye.
the city streets, but I can hear that you're calling me to be the hope. 